0: to three movie podcast of the movie Interstellar. <laughs> My name is Christian moroski and I am joined here, as I am joined here every year, by <laughs> Kelly Wan. Yeah.
1: Kelly
0: Wan. Hmm. Do a tagline for the Interstellar movie that we saw this week.
1: Longer than actual space travel. <laughs> There's really nothing to add, is there?
0: Well, I think that your tagline is relative.
1: For more advanced messages, don't just knock over books. Open a couple of them. That was my backup one.
0: Oh, I like your Too
1: backup. Too
0: soon? Oh, both of your taglines are gold!
1: You always like the backups more, and then it always makes me second guess.
0: No, 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 they are both... I always I, makes I gotta <laughs> tell you,
1: I think they are both gold, gold? Gary. Two gold, gold. eyes.
0: Gold slits. Oh, that was awesome. I love that so much. What? Oh. Oh, yeah. You in general, I would say. Hey, did you
1: see the trailer for Chappie at your screening of Interstellar? <laughs> I wanted to... Um,
0: did I see the trailer for... If you, if you just do that and put an ellipsis after it, you can pretty much say the word no after
1: it. Uh, I think you should make an exception. I know you're... What is Chappie? I know the... I know... What is that? It's like short circuit... Uh, but he, like, does rap and shit. It's like a rapping robot who's different, doesn't fit in. And the other kids make fun of him, and then he Rudolphs his way to victory or something by winning (laughs) the spelling bee. (laughs) I don't know. I forget if he talks. There's another movie with the giant Marshmallow Man puppet.
0: Uh, The giant Marshmallow Man puppet is going to figure into our discussion.
1: Really? Uh, You saw it? No. Oh. So it's not going to figure out. Figure Chappie. Chappie. Uh. Ah.
0: Something in that, or is there?
1: Is there? A I instantly. Life? I don't know. I just couldn't. I immediately wanted to watch it the whole trailer again the second it was over. <laughs> like too many Cooks is like I wanted to watch it again because it was good and Chappie was. I can't believe this exists at like, <laughs> that it thinks it's selling itself to me with that.
0: Uh, no, the primary thing that happened to me during this uh, this week's uh, this week's movie, going to see uh, Interstellar, um, I went to a theater that plays seventeen previews as opposed to going to the ArcLight, which only plays three. So I had to <laughs> look at what? A lot. Yeah, the ArcLight only plays three three trailers at every time.
1: It so. says in the fine print when you go in. No, it's not a fine print. That they, uh, they It says on the kiosk.
0: They brag about that. That's like, we're not going to show you any commercials, only three trailers, and boom goes the dynamite. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, Plus but the speech
1: to... by the lady who tells you what What'd you're saying. There's an usher who comes out and goes, all right, tonight you're going to be seeing – she doesn't mention the trailers. Right. She goes, right. you're going to be watching Interstellar.
0: Sorry. Yeah, and then, then, and then she'll say, like, everybody who's in it, and I'm like, I don't want to know yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, wait, why wouldn't we? I didn't want to know who was in this, and I'm sure at the Arc Light like, they would have told me a couple of things that I didn't want to know
1: before watching. Spoiler them. alert! Yeah, like that pig in that commercial who spoils all the movies. <laughs> you haven't seen that? <laughs>
0: no. Or like when you go to an AMC theater and there's all those red dots, they do 15,000 30 second commercials with red dots flying around.
1: Yeah, that's visually no,
0: appealing. The, the exciting thing for me was uh, the. There, this is the first time I've been in the theater. This time, when there was a trailer for Age of Ultron, um, oh. and I nearly lost my teeth. Uh, <laughs> Wait, Wait just, what? Slow down. I'm gonna, Hang on. I'm plug my ears. Age of Ultron trailer. Ah. Really? Oh yeah, because I'm so excited. Because you know, my son and I watch uh, the Avengers basically every other day, and so the whole uh, idea of in March I'm going to get to take him to see this movie. Um, because I couldn't take him to see the first Avengers movie, uh, he was just a little too young to go to a theater for that. Um, and so I'm really excited that, and, and this is the first time I've seen a trailer pop up for it. And I, I have, I don't, I know nothing about it, and I just see this like image of like Captain America's back as he's like walking through rubble or something. And I'm like, yeah. I can't watch. Uh, yeah, that, that's that was my trailer. The
1: rubble's a spoiler.
0: Uh, well, I think it's just a, a, a an image from the the first Avengers movie. Nevertheless, as soon as I saw
1: that image, I was like, Oh, this is... Yeah. There is another superhero movie I was going to ask you about, but maybe it was The Flash. Oh, someone told me... Okay, remember my Flash speed talk, (laughs) Paul? Someone told me that on the TV series, Flash has to eat 800 tacos a day. (laughs) It says that on the show. And his dad buys it. I don't know where he gets the money for it. Because he's got, because he has a fast metabolism, so he has to eat. But I don't know why it's tacos. It's eight hundred twenty tacos. The Flash. A grown woman told me that. Flashy. Yeah. Everything about the Flash is interesting to me. Like that was that opened up entire new avenues Did you just say of thought.
0: Everything about the Flash. Yeah, I
1: think I'm. Yeah, I've never watched that show, but I've I've always found him like the most the weirdest superhero.
0: Because uh, I don't know
1: how he stops from crashing into shit.
0: I never thought he was interesting at all. Oh never.
1: wait, come until, on! It's such a weird power. It's a curse,
0: isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, until like Days of Future Past
1: came. Yeah, Quicksilver made it look and, cool.
0: And Quicksilver makes it look totally cool, yeah. he and captured my kids' imagination. That's right. A as for yeah, how that's how how best part
1: do. of the movie. Oh, he
0: did. We constantly talk about Quicksilver, um, and as I was driving the other day, I, I kinda, it sort of occurred to me that is it an effort for Quicksilver to slow down? Is, is that difficult for her, yeah, or, or
1: is the effort to speed up? It's, does he have to skid like the Flintstones?
0: Well, no, not just that. It's just like to actually talk to human beings. Is it I'm rolling the... one? He like, does slow down Did it, because, the, and then when I asked my son that, he's like, "I
1: don't know, <laughs> Dad." Oh, really? I thought and he all would.
0: Button into my head would.
1: Who's, who's faster? Whoever. Yeah, if he does a book on tape, it's all the books on one CD. It's every <laughs> book ever written.
0: <laughs> on a bridge. Oh, blah,
1: blah, 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 blah. Wait, is he? If he fights Quicksilver, I mean, racism, <laughs> whatever, whatever verb, uh, who would win? Ask your your son. All right, I'll get. And right. tell him about. Ask him about the tacos. Like, does Quicksilver also have the taco roll?
0: Well, he does make a point in that in that sequence, that famous time in a bottle sequence from Days of Future Past, where he tastes soup as he runs through the the, the kitchen there.
1: Yeah, but is he kissing it? the next second. Yeah. Or is he... He doesn't... He's not hungry, though, is he? He's like, I just need a
0: no, little... No, I think he's just running he's around. He's being me.
1: goofy. He's a little kid, isn't he? He's like a teenager. But
0: I didn't even think about the whole metabolism thing. I mean, you actually sparked my imagination. Well <laughs> ha
1: ah, I made you like Flash and wonder about his limitations. He can also go through walls, bro. That's how fast yeah. he is. He vibrates... Wow. Maybe I'm thinking of the Atom. I get those two guys fixed up. That's Maybe the one I like. Flash sucks. That's what I'm about to say. What? <laughs> the, cat. the cat? Oh, you know what someone told me tonight, too? I know this is the most boring podcast ever about Interstellar, but the Hello Kitty um, thing isn't a kitty. It's a human girl, even though she has whiskers. Did you know that? <laughs> no,
0: I did not. You just...
1: I know it sounds like something I just blew your mind.
0: Kelly Wand blowing your mind.
1: <sighs> flash is talk. It was the same chick who told me the Flash taco thing. So maybe it's all bullshit. But
0: you stop saying Flash tacos.
1: Flash tacos. It's on the all show. Right, uh, maybe that's not canning
0: uh, We got to get out of here. Um, oh so yeah. You want, do you have an IMDb option yeah. this week that I can try to listen to and guess?
1: Yeah, it's an exciting one. Oh good. Although it's more of a first story. One, you came up
0: with yourself or is something that a listener sent you? Ne- uh,
1: neither. Uh, the first one. <laughs> Which one am I?
0: You are yourself.
1: Right. Okay, I did. Well, but see, I didn't write these, and I don't work for IMDb. I just think these are funny for some reason.
0: No, no, it doesn't matter. I, it's just
1: so... And now uh, I have a backlog of them.
0: In your, in your mom's reading voice.
1: Uh, uh. What? <laughs> My mom's <laughs> reading voice? All right, here it is, Dingus. Try and guess this movie. It's a really tough one. While practicing motocross in Hawaii... <laughs> You already know it. No, <laughs> oh, no. You I'll bet know. at least one listener does. I you already. People, always...
0: bark, people are going to miss what you just said. So it's ahead. very important. It's
1: the most important part. Okay, but get stupider. Even while practicing motocross in Hawaii, Sean Jones interrupted anytime. If you have a guest, I guess witnesses the brutal murder of an important American prosecutor by the powerful mobster Eddie Kim. He is protected and persuaded by the FBI agent Neville Flynn to testify against Eddie in Los Angeles. They embark in the Red Eye Flight 121 of Pacific Air, occupying the entire first class. However, (laughs) this is your last chance to guess if you're going to be cool. However, Eddie dispatches hundreds of different species of snakes airborne with a time-operated device in the luggage to release the snakes in the flight with the intent of crashing the plane. Neville and the passengers have to struggle with the snakes to survive. Dingus, yes what movie that is uh,
0: i have no guess i mean there's an obvious guess i'm not going to make it what i love most is is that this person who wrote this synopsis bothered to <laughs> include all the uh characters names because that's something people always, they're like why does dingus expect that we're going to know who yeah the names of these characters remember
1: are? when you got upset at me because i got the kid's name wrong in white house down or no uh, olympus is down which one's the Gerard Butler one? The I never with ex-
0: got upset with these guys. His
1: name's Adam, not Timmy. God! That was how you sounded to me that night. The
0: whole you night. Never. Everything you said. I just get upset when you don't know who Jonathan Mardukas is. That's the extent
1: of my upset. At You've the ever point. said that?
0: All right, so what is this movie?
1: <sighs> Come on. It's what you think. Isn't what? Snakes on a... Yeah!
0: Remember how, I, can't that. Isn't it? I can't believe that. I can't believe that. I mean, you,
1: you haven't seen that, have you? I have. It's a huge disappointment. Oh. All right. I knew the so second I, it started, I, 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 I go, wait a minute. This feels way... Sean Jones, while practicing motocross in Hawaii, Sean Jones, this is the brutal murder of an important American prosecutor by the powerful mob, Stray Kim. Within two minutes of the opening theme music, I'd already, like, broken up with the movie. Why? Who's... Who is Sean Jones? He's the guy in the movie who doesn't do anything. He's a witness. He's the basically the damsel in distress that Sam Jackson has to protect by shooting windows out. So the snakes fly out, and not the people. Oh, my God. You didn't see that movie? Like, you were at, like, ah! Oh.
0: No, no, I just heard it was a huge disappointment. Yeah. I, do, I actually spend time watching Sharknado
1: if I ever can. Oh, Sharknado's uh, good. Or I only saw the second one.
0: But, I, no, I never, but it's way I never better than saw, the Snakes on a uh, Plane. And I certainly wouldn't have guessed that it begins with a motocross. I know, yeah. I'm like the first thing I thought was uh, was uh, uh, Ryan Gosling driving around in a moto cage in Place Beyond the Pines, but no,
1: I I don't remember. Moto cage is a word. It is now. Moto cage. Put that that in your pipe. Starring. (laughs) What was the kung fu guy who asphyxiated Killville? (laughs) David Carradine. What's the well, joke well, I'm making? Uh, I've gone on uh, too many tangents. I forgot what I was talking about. Uh,
0: I did, uh, for a brief moment, wonder if you were doing one of the Karate
1: Kid sequels. If that could possibly be. Oh, a... I haven't even thought about those yet. I'm still before not even thinking in, about them. Before we got in a plane and you said snakes. Mm, I had one I wanted to do, but that one was too good. So I did not.
0: All right, listeners, if you have ideas for things that you want
1: Kelly Wan no, to read the synopsis Don't of, encourage them. They you know, that, right. they have plenty of ideas without. Okay, yeah, go but on. they can't
0: get them to you. I mean, how are they going to follow you? Where can they follow you, Kelly? One? So they? will just, just send them to three. Didn't we? Five, three, by three. That <laughs> right. Kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Just right. go through I the want, normal channels. Want
0: them to be able to, to send you stuff because they know that they you're you're, you're their favorite. Yeah,
1: but Those if they two. send it, then they don't get to hear it. Like if they send it, and they hear uh, what they did. Then isn't that boring for them? It's no, not it's, exciting. it's
0: super exciting. If if you read their name on
1: here, I can read their name. That's not the contention. The bone of contention. Okay, well, listen for the end of the show. Do whatever
0: you want. You can contact Kelly Wand if you want to. All right, but, okay, so we're still not... We're not in spoiler territory yet, folks. Um, uh, that was our wonderful IMDb Opsis oh. by the incredible Kelly Wand. Uh, so, but this week, uh, as we move along...
1: Yeah, well, how uh, about that? I Now now it's two Opsises at the opening. Oh, while. no, it's... That's, it's
0: We've got many opses. That's kind of what's so wonderful about us. Hmm. Uh, That was our IMDb opses, But for uh, uh, moving on, this is not – we're not in spoiler territory yet, so please don't (laughs) run away. Uh, This week we saw the movie Interstellar. Inter-spoiler. A 2014 American adventure science fiction movie (laughs) about the process of getting Dylan Thomas into space.
1: (laughs) Stop. Save it for the podcast. (laughs)
0: Okay. Go on. <laughs> it was directed by Christopher Nolan and written by him with Jonathan Nolan. It stars Mackenzie Foy, David Oyelowo, Bill Irwin, and William Devane
1: Wait, what? That sounds right.
0: All those people. It sounds so crazy. It's true. Interstellar is rated PG-13 for some intense perilous action and brief strong
1: language. When? I meant the action. I remember the language. <laughs> 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 all those actors you mentioned play the same character, by the way, at different ages. I, they do I they hope that's play. not a spoiler. <laughs> William play. Devane plays him as a ten-year-old and then goes <laughs> goes downhill.
0: <laughs> Everybody – all of those characters are, are, are named Murph. Stop. <laughs> the numbers from the quarter to three research library. Uh, they just ran in and slapped down one of those little, like, uh, index cards from mm-hmm. inside of a library book. Um, our research library quickly scroll uh, scrawled down these numbers on the back of one of those – Checkout cards. Slapped it down on my desk. So, from the quarter three research library, Interstellar on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive, Interstellar has a seventy three percent. Hey, you know it's weird, Kelly?
1: What? I was listening.
0: Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, seventy
1: uh-huh. three. Oh, that's never happened before, has it? I don't know. weren't there two sixty nines Yeah. 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 So both are, yeah, both are seventy-three. It's a definite seventy-three.
0: Yeah, it's it's solid seventy-three. Like uh, on on Rotten uh, Tomatoes, top critics were seventy, audience eighty-eight. The average, the percentage of reviews that were positive, all critics was seventy-three. Metacritic average rating was seventy-three. At the box office, number one this week was Big Hero Six. What? Oh, kids' movies. Fuck. That's right. The Big Marshmallow Man that you were talking about. To me earlier. That movie beat uh, Interstellar? I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, *The Hero 6 got 56,200,000, Interstellar got
1: 50,000,000. Maybe because there's so, three hours plus whatever uh, Interstellar yeah. is, however long that absolutely, was.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's the economics of it. If you're going to make a movie that's three hours long, you're going to get fewer showings in a day. If you're going to make a movie that kids can't go to, you're going to get fewer parents going to see the movie.
1: I want to pay the same amount of money for half as much movie.
0: <laughs> so uh big hero got uh, number one uh, number three weirdly enough went to gone girl but it was only like six huh. million dollars so so anyway uh, big hero six won the day interstellar came in second
1: Wait what uh Big hero six was 53 million and then interstellar
0: 56,
1: 56, 56 and then interstellar was 73 73 yep okay 73, 73. all right just want to prove I was listening correctly.
0: You were, and like, you
1: are our numbers guru.
0: So you process those, and then next week you'll do your whole numbers analysis like you do every week.
1: <laughs> Tom, Tom called that a bit, like irritably. What does, oh, you got going to analyze the numbers? Remember? He's upset. It's like how
0: you make him sound like uh, a bail bondsman with a cigar in his mouth. you got going to analyze the numbers.
1: The bail company stooge. What was he? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Interstellar.
0: Juan, is there something that you have that might be about? Okay, folks, we're about to enter spoiler territory. Just to let you know that. Um, Interstellar territory. If you have not seen Interstellar and you don't want to hear spoilers about the movie that is about to happen, as Kelly Wan tells us all of the things that he deems are fit to print <laughs> about Interstellar. This is what I, what I, no I saw. Going to call that
1: Interstellopsis What'd you say? Interstellopsis. Oh, good. Interstellopsis. They're like... It's graceful. All
0: right, Mr. Wand. Uh,
1: fly it like you sold it. <laughs> Interstellopsis. An old woman's all. When I was a little girl, nobody had any food. Even though we were all farmers, it was weird. And for some reason, the wormhole was way the fuck out by Saturn, so our corn always had dust in it the same old woman's all Sheldon here followed me up the elevator for 40 floors they hadn't invented stocking yet but I could tell the way you can tell with a good melon (laughs) (laughs) didn't see that coming did you Dingus?
0: no I never in a million years would have expected the
1: same set
0: I can't believe you did that (laughs) that's awesome I spoil them all
1: An old man's all, Yeah, I don't know what the fuck Helen's talking about. Anyway, we couldn't keep the dust outside because we'd forgotten how to close windows and dishwashers didn't exist no more. So we made do by turning all our plates and bowls upside down on the tabletop so all the dust cake in the table would get on them on the underside. That's also how we washed them. Eventually, to save time, we just sawed holes in the tables and sat under them and ate the food out of the bowls as it fell down into our mouths. See, back in them days, we didn't have engineers to tell us we were being idiots, because we'd eaten all the engineers. That was a breakfast. Guess you could say we bolted them right down. McConaughey's daughter's all. Look, Daddy, the poltergeist who lives in my bookcase left me a message in Fortran by knocking all my copies of the stand over. McConaughey's all that's great honey McConaughey makes his kids late for school by getting a flat tire then thinks he'll make better time driving on the rim so he can race an airborne Indian drone that was programmed decades earlier to arbitrarily strafe Kansas cornfields the son character whose name escapes both me and McConaughey is all hey dad I know my (laughs) character (laughs) does he say his name I wasn't listening is it Tom is it Tom and Merv. Maybe hey, not. hey, Dad, I know my character's not relevant, but it's hard enough to grow corn without you driving through it every day because you think you saw a piece of Skylab. McConaughey's all, come on, Trig. Let's grab a flat box for that Indian spy drone before whoever's crop would just ruin claims it. The daughter's all, Daddy, why'd you name me after Merv Griffin? He's all, because you can cause flat tires, baby doll. When they get to the school, the principal's sidekick's all... Well, we probably could have done this over the phone, but we called you down to tell you your nine-year-old daughter won't be able to attend college because they don't exist anymore. What's your job again? I know we just said everybody farms now, but I was an engineer, y'all, or a pilot. Ain't those somehow connected? Everything's connected, Marty, just not how we're used to looking at the tapestry. The principal's sidekick's all engineer? We don't have those anymore. We're all interested in developing energy sources nowadays. Everybody points and laughs good-naturedly at McConaughey. I turned to the nine-year-old monolith sitting beside me and whispered, <laughs> McConaughey's charisma is enough to power these thrusters. The principal sidekicks all. By the way, Professor McConaughey, I know this is a little extraneous to what we were just talking about, but look, our new textbooks explain how the Board of Education faked the moon landings. They were as bullshit as dinosaurs in the sun. We're especially excited because in this new edition we also debunk the myth of the printing press. Interstellar may seem slow, but it only takes about 10 minutes of screen time for McConaughey to miss a dead wife. Bottoms up. She must not. Oh. You hate to see it? You think that's always good. Remember you, Diggis. You dead wife. Apologism. She must not have been too great, because even the.
0: Say apologism.
1: Yeah, is that a word? It's like motor cage. Moto-cagism. The wife must not have been too great, because even the daughter doesn't cry for her. Since books keep falling over in his daughter's room, which as an engineer he has zero interest in, she persuades him that it's map directions from ghosts who understand the theory of gravity. He decides it's too dangerous to take a kid along with him to investigate, but she tricks him by getting inside the vehicle. Ten hours later, his truck, now with four flat tires, finds a distant mountaintop with spotlights on it. As rapids wash his submerged fish tailing truck towards the waterfalls, McConaughey squints in the pitch darkness at the dry cleaning receipt he scribbled the Fortran on and reads aloud. Let's see here. Get lost and take left. For best results, don't arrive till the middle of the night. When you see chain link fences, wait till a soldier shines a light on you. Michael Kane comes out in his bathrobe. A light they were parked <laughs> right next to suddenly comes on. The daughter screams. Poltergeist in her bedroom at night don't phase her. Just illumination. Michael Kane steps forward. He's all, all mortal aid. the British head of NASA, which is in Kansas now. I may have to work on that. We thought that constant dust clouds would be better for our telescopes. We had a hunch of poltergeists living in your daughter's copy of Erica Jong's fear of flying would lead you here, so we erected these chain-like fences to welcome you. Gyllenhaal, get away from there! Roden, now come with me. I think it's time I introduced you to me chalkboard. He shows them some math. The good parts are in yellow. He's all... As you can tell from these equal signs, and do not erase reminders, we've discovered a wormhole in Saturn, which means we were never meant to save our world. We were meant to find a new one and destroy its ecology. Preferably every world. Naturally, we've already written off our own galaxy when it comes to ice worlds and water. But luckily, someone made a wormhole we discovered at some point, but haven't mentioned anyone yet, except your daughter's school's principal sidekick, who wasn't listening. McConaughey's all... Uh Uh-huh. Michael Caine's all... (laughs) Now, we haven't decided yet whether to seed our new homeworld with this, an entire quarter of me personal seamen, or just browse first, but just for showing up here tonight, you're now in command. Don't worry, unlike farming, no training of any kind is required. This is my daughter Anne Hathaway, an astronaut. Those still exist, just not engineers dustbusters. She'll now introduce you to your crew and the only human contact you'll have for the next two hours of screen time outside of our water-filled cryo saunas, which, by the way, we invented after watching Prometheus along with his donut ship. due to the complexities of relativity, it'll feel the same duration.
0: It's more a cronut ship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can't the wormhole just tell us how to get rid of dust? I know vacuum cleaners are good at that, and space is a vacuum, so one guy's all. Hi, I'm Wes Bentley. Uh, Killian Murphy called in sick. Anne Hathaway zips up her spacesuit and goes, Matthew, I know you didn't have any say in vetting any of us, but trust me, this crew represents the very best of humanity. A sociopath, a black guy with the receding hairline, the monolith from 2001, but with the voice of Kellen Lutz to make him more relatable to 12-year-olds and monkeys, and me, a woman in love with the sociopath. Wes Bentley's all, uh... She's all, Wes Bentley also. Casey Affleck comes in and goes, By the way, I know this movie's confusing enough, but I'm also in this movie, along with Wes Bentley. Wait, which one am I again? He leaves. The monoliths all... Sup, yo. Name's Tard. I'm a marine for NASA. <laughs> Don't got me no appendages, but I can turn into an ampersand in shallow water. Technically speaking, I'm more of a metaphor lith, But come on, McConaughey. Hi, nothing. Michael Kane's all... Now, my calculations are 90% done. We already sent ten other people through the wormhole. We're not sure what happened to them. You leave at dawn. Any questions? McConaughey's all, "Eh." (laughs) McConaughey's daughter's all, Mr. Kane, since we have only one ship and your calculations are really that close, wouldn't it be less dumb to wait till they're finished? McConaughey rolls his eyes and goes, Honey, please, grown-ups are talking about astrophysics here. Eventually, he drives her home, puts on a spacesuit, tucks her into bed, and goes, Bye the daughter's all I hate you for dedicating your life to something I discovered I don't want to see you again for a thousand light years speaking of which the new message from the poltergeist says stay or stain I don't speak for a yet I think I'm eight he walks out sees his son and goes oh yeah uh, good luck with the corn <laughs> he moonwalks back to Naza Mountain Instead of paying attention to the watch, saying goodbye forever to his own daughter, or recording observations of any kind, Michael Caine reads a poem about death. Specifically, a poem about dying noisily, even though the ship's voyaging into a soundless vacuum. The ship's name, appropriately, is Endurance. A bunch of stuff at Saturn happens. (laughs) (laughs) At one point, McConaughey's all... Tard, we've achieved twirling. Repeat, twirlage achieved. While they're going through the wormhole, Anne Hathaway sticks her hand out the window so her fingers get stuck in another dimension. McConaughey's all, What the fuck's wrong with you? She's all, I'm shaking hands with the aliens. What? I want them to think we're cool. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, my astrophysics thesis was that love's the only force that can transcend dimensions. Or gravity is. Michael Caine's my dad? She starts crying and tripping over stuff. We pan over to see using TARD as a wrench to open a can of olives. TARD, what's your comedy chip overclocked at? Uh, then I said to my cat, you can't sleep on that, it's a mouse pad. Yeah, bring her back up to 53. That was 53. They crash out of water world. He makes Vincent from Black Hole look like, uh, the T-1000 love Kelly Wong. they They crash out a water world to pick up the body of someone we never see and a canister of quote data that if I was a data canister would say hey that thing you saw from orbit and in the trailer that looks like a 500-foot tidal wave and nothing like mountains is a 500-foot tidal wave and not a mountain astronauts with no geology equipment Although they're in only two inches of water, Hathaway pulls a blanchet from Robin Hood and somehow manages to almost drown trying to pick up something whose weight she misjudged by forty pounds that McConaughey didn't park close enough to. Luckily Tard turns into a dollar sign and manages to paddle whale her back to the ship so fast Nolan forgets to film it. Wes Bentley and Casey Affleck are all hey, cool thing we brought that robot, huh? Guess I'll just hang out in the doorway here. Oh huh, god. <laughs> Robot can't save him. It's too far away. It's in the doorway, (laughs) Dennis. McConaughey's all, hang on. He tricks the tidal wave by flying over it. I turn to the usher sitting beside me and go, at least in Prometheus, Charlize Theron attempted escape by running in the opposite direction.
0: I never expected to hear the words except at least in Prometheus. I
1: know. Prometheus is the rich man's Once they get back to outer space, they're black dudes all. What the fuck, guys? You said you were coming back in five minutes. It's been 30 years. McConaughey's all. Yeah, Anne Hathaway tripped over some water. Sorry. Anne Hathaway's all. Speaking of which, I'm in love with the character played by Matt Damon. His picture was one of the ones in my dad's office. His name's simply Man. I love how he was always falsifying data and trying to push me over cliffs. He's on this ice world that folds over like Ellen Page's mutant power in Inception that she never used. We have to go pick him up. I think he's alive. But just FYI... FYI, Fucking God. Acting's hard. That's what this is, dingus. It's acting. It's not reading aloud. It's a complicated process. But just FYI, if he was dead, I'd still love him, which is proof of parallel universes. My dad calls it my daughter's lamest theory, even for her. I sure miss man. The black dudes all. By the way, McConaughey, you have 30 years of voicemails from your kids. I had zero. McConaughey goes into the dark room and hits play. His son's all. Hey, dad, it's whatever your son's name is. Listen, uh. <laughs> whoever I'm married to says these five second long videos I'm sending you are fucking up our phone bill and getting in the way of my scowling at her. So this is my last one. Fuck you, bye. Beep. Jessica Chastain comes on. She's all, hey, I'm your daughter now, which is weird, because the child may kind of look like Hathaway. Anyway, my hair is red, but I'm still pissed off. Oh, yeah, I left that watch he gave me when I was a kid on the bookcase, and it still runs. I think I work for NASA now. Also, Michael Caine hasn't made a single mark on his chalkboard in 30 years. I'm starting to wonder about that guy. Also, you forgot your farting medication. Hope it's a big ship. Matt Damon shows up sleeping on an ice world. He apologetically tries to kill McConaughey a bunch of times. Back on Earth, the kid comes into Jessica Chastain's living room, coughs, and goes, Uh, sorry, too much CG. He walks out again. To win herself enough time to go into the farmhouse, pick up a wristwatch, and solve the Grand Unified Theory of Physics, Jessica Chastain sets fire to some corn ten miles away, then drives back. She comes out of the house waving a watch and prattling madness about poltergeists and their long-lost father. If I was the brother, staring at her, I'd go, You just burned up the last cornfield on Earth. You're worse than Dad. It stomp that watch. Fuck! Edit out everything I just said.
0: Right.
1: If I was the brother, I'd stamp the watch to bits. What a waste of a wormhole that'd have been. But luckily, nothing happens. McConaughey miniaturizes himself, and a few decades later falls asleep near Saturn. But luckily, a space station a few thousand miles away moves him to a hospital bed built next to a baseball diamond which is also folded over, like Dylan Page's thing she'd ever did. By smilingly listening to a watch for a few years and erasing all Michael Caine's stupid work, Jessica Chastain solves physics. She celebrates upstream color style by walking out into NASA's missile silo and throwing a bunch of blank paper at the confused auto mechanics welding a forklift into the ceiling. She shouts something indistinct, then kisses the dust doctor, who suddenly shows up to stand behind her, his expressions all, What the... McConaughey wakes up uninjured in a hospital bed. A doctor's all Uh this place wasn't named after you. He goes to the adjoining hospital ward where his hundred descendants totally ignore him and say nothing while standing around waiting for their matriarch to die. What's he done for them lately? She's all Dad, I'm an old woman now. Sorry, (coughs) dust still. Thanks for coming. But you should go check on Anne Hathaway. She's probably getting bored. McConaughey steals a spaceship from one of the NASA mechanics who had to pick up all the paper, instantly figures out how to fly it by smiling and the music, and heads for a heartwarming reunion with Hathaway, who's living with an American flag on an alien world and looking mournfully up at the sky. She's all... Maybe I didn't give the right handshake the end. Sorry. Around time. Nice.
0: <gasps> thank you, thank you, thank you,
1: thank you. It's out of our lives. Moving onward. <laughs> you saw... John Kelly. Uh, would what. What I really do you think you of it
0: about this, this epic this space epic of Christopher Nolan called
1: <sighs> I want to like it because it's way more science than I expect from most science fiction movies like Contact but all the scientists in it are fucking liars or idiots and it's like Nolan's slightly too dumb for me but he's slightly too smart for the public as witnessed by the box office he's like the opposite of a Goldilocks zone like he's pandering but not enough I think it's got some interesting ideas but it's not a very fun movie although 2001 is not a fun movie um, and you know what a 2001 apologist I am but oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, the movie doesn't have to be fun to be a great movie no but I consider Europa Report a way more interesting movie than Interstellar right um, and there's like just an hour of Deus Ex Machina at the end and I don't like movies that want me to take for granted how great God is which this isn't or how great humans are Like I think they're both wrong Um, I probably can't be trusted but uh, I don't know I kind of pretended it was a history detective character and he was just in a different mood for the whole movie I don't know I couldn't uh, I liked it more while I was watching it than I did thinking about it later maybe The Office ruined it for me sometimes that happens it's long as fuck. It's so long. God, damn it! Uh,
0: it's super long, and you feel every single yeah. moment of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, for for me, there's a, there, there's this thing that happens to me a couple times when I'm going to uh, when I go to the movies. Uh, when I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, God, I love going to movies. I'm just it's just something from my childhood uh, that yeah. I I love sitting in a movie theater and going to the movies. Yeah, it's
1: like a drug. Uh,
0: it really it really is, and there's a couple moments during this, and this does not happen in every movie uh, for me, but every now and then it does, and it doesn't happen in good movies either all the time. It just happens in movies sometimes. I remember this happening in, I think, du- not Duplicity. Duplicity Report? <laughs> it might be, yeah. What's Duplicity? That's a movie? Duplicity? Maybe not. Duplicity at Interstellar. Uh, but there was just some, there's a moment where you just, where you're looking at, where you're sitting in a movie theater, where I was in this particular movie, sitting in a movie theater, looking at the, at the movie screen over my head that was just a star field. Um, and it, and it's just darkness in this movie theater and I just see this field of stars over, over me. Uh, and I just, and a couple times in this, I was just like, God, I love going to the movies. And I, and, and I flashed to, uh, Gravity, wh- which I saw with a whole bunch of people, and I loved that experience. Mm-hmm. I, and then, and I flashed to this moment <laughs> where I went to see uh, at a drive-in theater when I was a kid. like uh, kid, like high school. Uh, with my dad, we went to see uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, <sighs> and at, at a drive-in movie theater. And I'm looking up <laughs> at this drive-in movie theater screen, and it's the Starfield. Uh, and in, in, behind it, of course, is the, is the canopy of, of the sky. Uh, and I'm just, and I, and as I sat there and watched this movie, there were a couple of moments where I had that feeling. Um, of the, of of, God, I really love going in the movie. So Christopher Nolan has the power to do that. I do not, however, think, uh, I trust him anymore to make an actual movie because I really, on balance, Uh, as much as I loved some of the stuff at the beginning and was leaning forward into the movie, uh, I ended up just really despising what he was doing here. Despising? Uh, Yeah, I I really, I really pretty much, uh, uh, I really dislike what he ended up with and just, uh, I think, I, I think Interstellar is terrible.
1: Uh, I think I agree with you. But I'm not sure why... Um, I have some ideas why. <laughs> like, is it just, if it was shorter, would it be better? Or is it just the characters or not?
0: Well, I think it definitely could have been shorter. Or if it had been this long and not felt that I, I have no problem going to see a three-hour movie. I have no problem with that. Right. If the movie, if, if the movie has enough um, ideas, not just ideas, but the execution is proper and the acting is great and the writing sustains it, I will I will be there through, for the duration, and I will see it again and again. Uh, I love long movies. Um, this movie cannot sustain it. It's just uh, a bunch of padding. ideas that he's recycling from other movies, um, and and even from his own movies uh, that I'm just I just have so little patience for. Um, I'm really pretty. As the movie goes on, I, I mean, there there are moments early on where I was just so excited. And then, in in this particular movie, there are things that happen at the as the movie progresses that I just start laughing about. I mean, and once I start laughing at your three hour movie, you're in trouble.
1: Yeah, especially where, you know. yeah. Although, I think he's okay. Here's the thing: he's not a very good action director. Like, there's not. I don't think there's one good action sequence in this movie.
0: Yeah, is there anything? I mean, is there a good action
1: sequence in this? No, action? but I was going to say, I like...
0: That? Because, because I, I, I'm expecting people to say it's just uh, this great spectacle, which I don't think. at not,
1: all. It's not. It's not. It's not a it good... Does,
0: it, I, don't think any, I don't think the special effects look... I don't think it looks
1: very good. He cuts away from him a lot, too. Like, what's in the, going on in the wormhole, and who... Like, the bookcase. The bookcase is the only one where it looked like a special effect. And even then, I'm like, wait, so he could do... He made this thing for himself... I don't know, I always get stuck on writing things more than the look. Like, I think you're more visually inclined. But I remember the action Dark Knight really being good.
0: Uh, Yeah, it
1: is. I think it is. And it never stopped. Like, I was never bored during Dark Knight. And then, in this movie, I just couldn't get engaged in it. And I thought, maybe it's I'm just not in the right mindset for Interstellar. Although I thought well, I would have been.
0: I don't know. I, I mean, I was in the right mindset, and there are things early on that are that idea-wise, I really liked. I mean, are there a couple ideas in this that you like?
1: Yeah, you know what? By the the maybe the weirdest and possibly dumbest thing in it was actually my favorite thing in it, which was the Matt Damon part because it was it totally okay, took me well, by why? because it was completely unpredictable. Unpre- un- like I had no idea that was coming. I'm like, wait, what? This and he's this guy, and he's uh, like, it wasn't really set up very well. But I was like, okay, so how is good? What do you mean?
0: Tell tell me what what about that idea do you like? Because I I, that's not, I did not expect you to say that at all. So I'm pretty excited because I was. I don't necessarily. What, What about the what's what's the what the what about the Matt Damon thing? Do you like?
1: Uh, I had no. It just came out of left field, and like, and and up till that point, I thought like I was sort of ahead of the movie, or like the second the books fell, I'm like, oh, it's from him, and so I was kind of like disappointed. I always get because I try to dumb myself down as much as possible, but like the Matt Damon thing was so weird, and he was so like relentlessly unsympathetic, and Ed Hathaway's like in love with him. But, like with that no, no, setup? Not in, you know,
0: you know that she's not in love with Matt Damon. Oh no, I didn't. Who's yeah. she in love with? Th- this is your try harder for this for this slide. Damn
1: it! See, I zoned out. Okay, who's she in love with? I really thought she it was loves- Matt Damon. I'm like, wow, she is even dumber than the movie thinks no, she is. In love
0: with Wolf Edmonds, who's the guy on the other planet that they don't go to.
1: Oh, that's even weirder.
0: So this is this is man. And Matt <laughs> has been sending these pings Saying this is a perfect planet Come on down In order just to get Basically just to get saved Right um, But the the argument that uh, that Anne Hathaway um, has With uh, with Matt McConaughey is She believes that love is this force That is drawing her to the Wolf Edmonds planet And he says well You might be wrong about that So we're just going to go to this We're going to right. go to Hoth instead And then they meet this this psycho killer, Keska, say, uh-huh. who uh, who they, they he winds up just having a wrestling match with on the ice. Yeah, that's
1: how you know, he has so to those, kill Those us. are two
0: different things. Anne Hathaway's in love with basically a, a, a phantom that we never see uh, on another. Wow, planet. that's dumb. And it's like the choice they have to make is they're flying a- after the after the one foot uh, ocean planet um, is. <laughs> are we going to go to Mans Planet or Wolf Edmonds? Um, she wants to go to Wolf Edmonds because she's a scientist, but she believes that she's her love is going to carry the day. And um, McConaughey believes that, uh, well, we have enough fuel to get to man's planet, and then we can return home.
1: Man's planet.
0: Yeah. So it's man versus man,
1: and it's a man and mankind man. So the wormhole that McConaughey made, or the future made, only leads to... An ice world, and a tidal wave, and a third world we don't see. That's not even the movie. We
0: we see it briefly at the very end. When That's where Anne Hathaway, Hathaway ending is standing there, like creating her little camp.
1: But he's not um, there. The guy you're saying.
0: No, uh, we we presume that he has long since died. Which oh, she's old now, but played by no, she's herself. not old. She's not old. The way time passes, who knows?
1: Whatever, nerd. <clears throat>
0: um, one of the things that I did really love, um. As I was sitting in this movie, there's a couple of ideas that I really liked, and and that's what sort of made me lean forward in my seat. This this idea of time as a resource, um, yeah, that, that that they say early on, and and the, the sort of uh, counteracting ideas of time and gravity as resources, and then he throws love in there as well. Oh and God! I need to throw some more paprika into this stew. I mean, he just throws. I mean, Focus Nolan, group. The Nolan's are just throwing cr- just so many spices into this. But the idea of time as a resource is what's fascinating to me, of that, that first planet, <clears throat> because it's so close to the uh, black hole, as being like, when we land there, an hour, an hour will equal seven years. I love that. I love that whole idea. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was fascinating. Uh, until I remembered something very simple. And do you know what it was that I remembered?
1: Uh, his drawing the thing going, hey, let's just come in from the left so we don't... No, here's what I remembered.
0: I'm going to quote it for you. It's a week the first level down. Six months, the second level. And the third level is ten years.
1: I don't remember that line. That's from *Stellar*. <laughs> no, that
0: up? quote is from a movie called Inception.
1: Uh, so, it's no. the same idea that yeah.
0: Christopher Nolan is just recycling for this movie That, that whole idea And I love this in Inception And I know you and Tom were not fans of Inception Another so ice world I defended that movie to the death um, And he did this whole like weird thing of like The dream layers And the, the amount of time that Goes in each dream layer And that the third dream layer Is ten years for every hour of time Or something which was great at the time, and which was great in this movie, except that he's already done that idea. Better. Um, By so your... that, he did it better somewhere else. Uh, and furthermore, he's recycled a number of ideas for this movie that he already did in Inception. The father-in-law as this minor expositional character. Michael Caine was the father-in-law in Inception. Here he's just this professor. He was also a professor in that movie. It's the same sort of uh. idea. You have John Lithgow here, who's the father-in-law character. He's just got some weird hang-up about professor father-in-law figure things that he does. And he does that in Inception, and he recycles it here. And this whole I've abandoned my kids thing, which he also does in Inception, although it's a little bit more perverted. And he does it here as well, this I'm abandoning my kids thing. Uh, the, the whole get back home thing, the obviously lost – Dead wife, exactly. Lost slash dead wife. Same thing from Inception. He does it again here, um, and that, and you made jokes about it. I'm so glad that you brought it up, so I don't have to like just do a list of things that I'm going to fold a world concept or conceit that he does with Ellen uh, Page. Page. Yeah. Um, he does it here too. In fact, he actually does a visual of it in that silly baseball game for no reason. Yeah. Where they they have this ring world where they build old houses for. Who knows why? It's windows. We have a baseball game where, where the softball goes up to the sky in a direct quote from Inception. I mean, dude, yeah. you, could, you couldn't make Interstellar without borrowing from your own crap from the last movie you did? I mean, well, the previous, before
1: Dark Knight Rises. So I'm, I'm sorry to get all... But no, and no, on none of those occasions does it wind up mattering. Like, it's all just no. a visual. Even in yeah. Inception, where it's in the trailer... And the, this thing it was in the trailer too. I know you're, you're sick of me mentioning trailers, but like no, no, I'm not, I'm the, not the world I mean, folding—that's that, why he does those things. So, he thinks so it's great.
0: Go in the trailer and make us want to go to see it. Because, it
1: doesn't, though. As
0: you said earlier, I don't know that there's anything other uh, other in this movie that's visually interesting. No. What
1: is mm. nothing? That's the thing. I was talking shit about Contact earlier, but Contact has imagery in it that's actually kind of kind of striking, and in, there's not one cool shot to me in Interstellar. Like science fiction wise, from this like,
0: look. and you know, that—that's one of the things I wrote when I was writing um, my notes about this this movie for the podcast was you—you you just made a movie that made me want to go watch Contact again. Yeah, and it's got the same sort of theme of a father who's abandoned his daughter essentially yeah. by dying, and she's trying to figure out the truth. Hey, McConaughey. And McConaughey communicating to her from beyond the stars yeah Yeah, and McConaughey I didn't even think about that I I totally missed that part alright well I'm glad you brought up McConaughey let's go ahead and talk about this because now we have universally accepted that Matthew McConaughey is not only a movie star but is an awesome actor who's won an Oscar Uh, what do you think about Matthew McConaughey in this movie
1: I know this sounds like punting but it's my thing where I give the actor the free pass and blame the writer because he has to say the shit they wrote um, I think he's playing the usual thing. Like he doesn't do anything that I haven't seen before, mm-hmm. right? Um, I didn't really have an opinion. He's not. I don't think he's bad in it, but I think Keanu Reeves is better in John Wick than he is in this.
0: <laughs> that is an awesome statement. And you know what? I didn't think about that, but I. Totally agree.
1: Keanu Reeves is more committed to his John Wick role. Like, he he doesn't vote it in, and McConaughey... But the thing is, like, they're filming these science fiction movies is such a pain in the ass, and they're on these fucking gimbals and shit all the time. Like, I'm sure that wears on one's performance, and he's had such like a... He just won an Oscar, so you kind of like... And he you just did what? the weight loss. Fuck that.
0: Right?
1: Yeah, I know. I'm I know. You know, right. you're right. i
0: fuck
1: that, nah.
0: Sandra Bullock gives... A fucking performance. Yeah, she's she's, uh, isolated on gimbals and alone the whole time. She was awesome in Gravity. So that's that's not it. Because the things that I I agree with you, Uh, the things that Matthew McConaughey doesn't do well in this are things when he's with everybody else in a room. I don't believe a single relationship he has in this. And I mean, the biggest sin, of course, is the fact that that his son just simply doesn't matter. Right. Yeah is that is that should we blame the writer
1: or what, what, why is he in the movie?
0: I that's don't such have a any useless.
1: Idea. That's even like that and the Anne Hathaway being in love with someone. I just assumed it was Matt David because no one else shows up. So I defend my stupidity in that you're, you're, you're going well, dude. Obviously, it's on the world at the end and he's died a long time ago. Which is, I guess, true. But that's that's not, I don't I don't believe a single interaction
0: Matt Matthew McConaughey has with any character in this. I don't believe. I mean, I thought Mackenzie Foy, who the I thought the the daughter, the the young Murph,
1: uh-huh. was the
0: best the best thing about. Yeah, love that little girl. Yeah, I think she's she's just frying so hard. She's doing so well, trying to connect. I don't think Matt McConaughey McConaughey ever connects with her or anybody. Um, the the one moment that got me and moved me emotionally was when he's watching the video after the twenty three year journey, uh, and he's crying. While watching a TV set, basically. I mean, that got me, but, but that got me because I'm a parent and I'm thinking, what if I missed all of my sons growing up? Um, so I started bawling during that part and I thought oh. Matthew McConaughey did a fine job, but he's not interacting with a person. He's just doing something for himself. Anything with his daughter, anything with any other person. I don't believe any of the crew. Um, why Wes Bentley's in this, I have no idea, but I don't think, I don't believe a thing Matthew McConaughey does in this. And he's acting his head off. Is he? He's, he's not bad. I mean, he's he's pouring emotion into things. He's trying, but I think he I think he thinks he's doing something. Uh, I just get the sense that he thinks he's playing Buzz Aldrin or something instead of playing just like a normal dude. And I much would rather have Sam Rockwell uh, to bring something up from one of my favorite movies. Just like an everyday kind of a dude uh, who doesn't think he's so important and great. Um, And Buzz Aldrin, he just thinks he's just a dude who probably could have gotten a job teaching, you know, science at the local middle school, but doesn't think he's important. But Matt, I think Matthew McConaughey thinks
1: he's playing Buzz Aldrin, and he's not. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it, there's see. I don't know what that means, quiet, because I don't know what Buzz Aldrin's personality tropes are.
0: He's just a really tough,
1: like Ed Harrison, a dude,
0: who who changed history, and he's aware of that. And I think Matthew McConaughey's playing this character as if he thinks he should have changed history at some. Point.
1: But an interesting, yeah. But I don't pin that on him because it's such a mishmash of like idiotic. Like he's an engineer, but he has to farm because something, and he's that he's a pilot too, and he likes the dress. That I don't know, like what even the takeaway is. He misses. He's like, no, don't leave uh, at the end to the daughter, or he's telling himself that. But like, he's there to do something else too. Like he made that thing. Never mind. I don't understand. I don't.
0: I don't understand any of that sort of. I'm not
1: convinced Nolan gets that it. That
0: library reveal is. I, and by that point, I was just so bored with what, what they were. What are you trying to do?
1: It's one of those things where it reminded me of in Tron Legacy, the greatest science fiction movie I've ever seen. Where he <laughs> passes that bookshelf of Jeff Bridges' house, he goes, "Dostoevsky." It's like, yeah, that's what that guy would say. But it's and it's like she has all these books in her room. But he doesn't have any books I don't I did that. why are we even talking about it it's too, too dumb <laughs> but why if, he, if they can make a nine dimensional space like why would it have to be that convolut- okay you gotta do you gotta knock the books down so she gets the watch so she thinks about it like that seems like an awfully thin weird like he already knows by that point that Michael Cades lied to them all so couldn't he just go hey don't go to NASA just do this you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, none of that makes None of that makes any sense. I mean, when, if, this movie falls start apart. Looking
0: at, the, at the plot holes in this movie.
1: And it's a science fiction movie, so it should be tight as shit. It should be like a fucking... It should be as flawlessly... As like a, uh, no, it's a rocket. Like landing the the moon lander on the moon. Dingus. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what words being in there for a few seconds, but... You see my point. Yeah. But, like, the books themselves don't matter, was my Tron legacy analogy. Like, oh, I'm just going to say the word Dostoevsky, and that's going to have something. That just means that literature is important. But, like, in this, it's like he's not knocking over any books in particular. He's doing a, because binary, something. <sighs> yeah, uh, something, something, gravity. Mars right, he gravity, could do it a million gravity, different gravity, ways. Morse code. And,
0: unfortunately, I fell into this sort of Tom like watching news crawl thing where I kept trying to think, see, oh, what was that book title? Was that a Stephen King book? What's mm-hmm. on the shelf?
1: Um, yeah, is it a clue? Or is it an in-joke? No, <laughs> it was a
0: clue. It's just like, what did the set what did the set dresser decide was going to go up there as book titles? What book titles are on her
1: shelf? What's Merv reading at um, age seven? The stand? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, forgetting textbooks, the fact that she,
0: she lives in an old man's library. Right. Yeah. Uh, or He's an engineer. Library. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Nothing about the mob. I don't know what his relationship with Hathaway was supposed to be. Like, they're not lovers. They're not friends. Oh no.
0: If there's, he has no connection with anybody in this movie. But we're supposed to believe that uh, Ellen Burstyn at the end is saying, "Quick, go back to this planet and have sex with this woman."
1: Yeah. That's what she
0: tell uh, him. I assume. I mean, I assume that's what.
1: That's her first priority.
0: The, the daughter is saying to him at the end that, "Okay, you, there's a woman out there. Go run off
1: and meet her." look how mcconaughey he's like he stays young and handsome the whole movie and everyone around him gets well and hathaway is in the spacesuit, but still it's like the daughter goes through a hundred years of shit and has to listen to the watch and all that but he just like shows up next to him, gets free <laughs> no one else what like the white dude does it the black guy gets like if mcconaughey was playing the black guy's part <laughs> what the fuck so man?
0: Nobody, nobody 30 years. Those, nothing changed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> over 23 years I know. of being alone on a on a spaceship. The guy has not gone crazy and he's not he doesn't look like a nut or anything. It's 20 he's been there for 23 years and he's only done cryosleep like twice just for a nap or something.
1: Yeah. That's what I was liking about that see I'm, the the David stuff was making me laugh like it but it was like at least making me laugh at a skyline kind of way cuz he could he could do anything he couldn't <laughs> kill McConaughey correctly he couldn't aim his fucking docking procedure he's uh, he, and that's another astronaut that's another scientist like
0: every know, scientist in the resolve, movie is an
1: idiot fucking he idiot
0: involved it with a wrestling match on a, on a on Hoth.
1: Yeah like, I mean, and he blows up the tent. Right? Did, uh, I just, yeah, did I get that? Okay. blows up the tent That with, was weird, too. The, well, the, why not would he do that? Romley, I think. Is Isn't the, he kind of... Shouldn't he kill them all at the same time? It seems like he's... Like, he's being a little yeah, dumb for a crazy guy.
0: A bomb. That's a good point. Yeah, he nice. might as well just have blown them all up instead of dragging Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Where, where they could have had a thousand drones figure out that there's no surface. Okay,
1: yeah, and then he takes the thing off McConaughey's helmet, and McConaughey's totally unsuspecting. Even after that, like, wait, what? Huh? Even though Damon's already done that big speech about, well, you know, emotions, what are you going to do? Anyway, by the way, <laughs> Michael Caine was um, blowing smoke up your ass for about an hour earlier, so we're going to do this now. What's that guy's motivation? What's Michael Caine's character? Explain to me what that guy's doing. Like what? I, uh, you know that
0: whole just, like uh, plan A, plan B thing. So convoluted I,
1: for nothing. I,
0: I don't know what what that's supposed to be on about. And one of the, this this also has that sort of the end of True Detective uh, thing that happens where Michael Caine at the at, right before he dies, like whispers some major plot point, and you can't hear what he says.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. That's how Nolan does it. He just
0: like Yeah, Nolan Nolan really lazy. Loves, loves like swelling music over his dialogue. Yeah. I guess he just doesn't trust his brother's writing or something, or he just likes that it's a stylistic choice. But at that moment, I I was leaning forward to find out what is Michael Kane saying. I can't figure out what he's saying. And it's very nice if you want to have your actor playing like I'm dying voice, but I need to hear the dialogue. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell is going on with Plan A and Plan B.
1: Is he supposed to be a likable character? Are we supposed to hate him? Is he stupid? He's Michael Caine. Of course, we're supposed to like him. But he, so he cries he's like and he's him. as, as a Alfred, Professor in
0: Inception or 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 in, in The Dark Knight. Yeah. Ugh.
1: I Hate everything.
0: <laughs> so you do not hate everything. So anyway, um, one of the things that that was funny. You 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 were making this. Great joke about the 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 people at the beginning of the movie. Um, the, as I watched it, this is again something that distracted me. Um, those those old folks in that footage, I was thinking, are these actual survivors from the original Oklahoma Dust Bowl era? Um, well, that's what he's going have, for. Well, it's not well, just what he's going for. They are uh, because you have very. It's very obvious that Ellen Burstyn is. Uh, you have her footage, and then you have these two other people, and they look like people. They do not look like actors. Right. And so I'm just sitting there thinking, uh, is Christopher Nolan bringing in people from who survived the Dust Bowl to talk about that and sort of graft it onto this? Is that this is sort of some self-important like, uh, message about environmentalism? And it turns out it was. I was right about that. Um, it's actually he's he's borrowed them, or borrowed the footage from Ken, a Ken Burns documentary about the Dust Bowl. Uh, so those folks are actual <laughs> actual people who survived that thing. Wait, what? Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought you were just... Okay.
0: No, those are actual folks from... That's uh, from so from dumb. A, Why? A Ken Burns documentary. You're the
1: only one who would have even... Yeah. Okay, whatever. Who's that for? Who's that pandering to? Dust Bowl?
0: We, <laughs> we have no idea. This Did you survive the Dust Bowl
1: and, and you don't like science fiction movies? Well... You're probably onto something.
0: I have, I have no idea why he does it, other than I think he's making some sort of, like, uh,
1: statement about environmentalism. Because I think that's what the movie's also... There's so many about. dumb messages that don't even make... And the brother... Okay, so wait, so Jessica Chast... So the brother punches the doctor in the mouth. And then Jessica all. Chast- I better solve physics, because the kid's coughing. Right. Okay.
0: So's the mom, and why are they... More in-
1: kids... Yeah,
0: you know, and, and what happens
1: like if, if they're gone for twenty three years and why there haven't been more food riots and they can why, make yeah. they can make space stations and baseball diamonds but medical science still sucks so she's still the lifespan still fixed at like whatever Ellen Burstyn's age is right the doctors like hey. but Matt, Matt
0: uh, McConaughey sorry, Matt, yeah and Hathaway don't have to.
1: right. Because, He's totally uninjured. McConaughey's just been through three galaxies worth of adventures. Wait, so two of the Oklahoma Dust Bowl old people are red herrings, but only one of the planets is a red herring, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just keeping track, keeping score.
0: Uh, let me just ask you real quick. I want cause your because like, I was I was kind of racking my brain because uh, Tom asked me, uh, you know. You know, every week he kind of asks, can I watch the podcast, or should I should I wait until I see the movie? And so when he asked me about this one, I just kind of gave this hanged-on look. And he's like, oh no. Really? A Christopher Nolan movie I don't have to see? And I said, I didn't say anything, but I was clearly disappointed. There's a bunch uh, that suck. He's getting yeah. worse. But what I started to think, and what I started to wreck my brain about was, one of the things that Tom might say about? Uh. And so, one of the things I wondered that he might say, and I really kind of worked it out as I was writing, was: Would he think? Would he interpret that uh, that that falling into the Tesseract Library, whatever the fuck that is, mm-hmm. as Matt Damon actually having died when he McConaughey or David? Oh, sorry, Matt, Matt Matthew McConaughey. Thank you, um, uh, Cooper. Uh, when he when he ejects from his spacecraft. And falls into the library tesseract
1: uh,
0: Is he actually dead? And I wondered if, if Tom would have Like pushed us to sort of think about that As a cost.
1: Well, Nolan would have pushed us But then the movie keeps going And you find out, no, he's fine Nothing, like he's Backed by Saturn now And picked up by another spaceship
0: But is all that sort of like One of those, this is my dying It's not even a
1: sacrifice He's totally, he totally gets off scot-free. Scot-free. it doesn't even pay for the ship he steals at the end, uh, fucker. All right. But you're yeah, wait, him. I think you're supposed to think that. Like, oh, it's he's transcending. I mean, it's... Because you were set up for, with Hathaway's love speech. Like, all right, there's going to be some crunch, ah. crunchy granola coming up. Because Anne Hathaway... The scientists are making speeches about love and shit in Dimensions, so there'll probably be a bookcase. I, I do kind of yeah.
0: like the idea of, of love as... as... But, no. but you know, when, when she says that, I mean, I kind of went with it for a little bit, and then
1: I just started thinking, well, do all emotions then have... Well, well she okay. goes, she goes, there's no social reason to miss the dead. It's like, well, pff, not everything we've... There's no social reason for a lot of things that, yeah. you know...
0: Yeah, I think it's just Scotland. Right. So we, we and it's coming from a scientist. It's coming from the mouth. We accept him going into that weird Tesseract library as face value.
1: But there's no suspense to it because we already know what's going to happen, and there's not even suspense. Like he's all, "No, don't leave." Like that's supposed to be the he's watching himself go on the mission that he's actually still on at the time and saying, "Wait, don't do that," so I don't wind up here. And then she's like, re- she's interpreting what he says as stay, which she's already done as a child. So why this is a surprise to her or him? Why does he go? By the way, it's me. It's me, your dad, not a poltergeist. Now pick up the watch, and here's here's the thing.
0: So even, a, you know, if the movie were well made, and uh, and the characters were interesting to me, and the acting was good, then I wouldn't mind any of those plows. But none of that's good. I'm happy to
1: overlook them, but it's just... I just so I liked Interstellar more than you because the Matt Damon stuff made me laugh And you were furious with everything But you cried during it, and I laughed during it Which sums us up, doesn't it? Oh yeah, me? yeah, I, I I
0: openly cried during that part where he's looking
1: Even while you were despising the movie
0: Yeah, Well, but I love Casey Affleck And him showing up, he brings a certain gravity to it If you'll excuse the word um, And just the idea of my son having uh, Me having missed 20 years of my son's life uh, that's extremely powerful moment. Um, so that that was just something that just hit me. Um, but I don't think that I think that most of this is just weird.
1: Gravity made me like I got motion sickness watching that movie like from the get go. Like that's there's a sense of wonder there and like Sandra Bullock thinks space sucks. She hates it. Like that was so much more interesting to me than any of the characters' motivations for doing this. Like they're doing it to save corn. <laughs> That's why they got to go through a wormhole. And why they keep bringing up okra in this movie. Is beyond me. Oh, yeah. The last crop of okra. Yeah, um, big okay. deal. If bok choy goes extinct, let me know. Tell then, us then, I know I the last shit. crop of tacos is... You know, Flash, outside Flash. Is costume? It doesn't <laughs> All right, open. So, uh, let's,
0: uh, let's go ahead and do an over-under here. Kelly Wine, do you have a movie that you think is better than Interstellar at and- Whatever Interstellar is trying to do, and a movie that is worse at whatever Cellar is trying to do.
1: <sighs> Most movies are better. 2001 uh, is the obvious one. Um, I don't What's the that? La- it's uh, it's the movie with uh, oh, the Roy Peter Scheider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other, the See, one that has John Lithgow. I beat you. I, I said Roy, Sche- Roy Scheider before you said Peter Hyams, so I won. All right, you win. But that's my over, and then the under. <laughs> is Mission to Mars did you ever see that fucking thing although Red Planet's kind of good too
0: awesome I didn't expect that oh
1: Mission to Mars did you ever okay I saw it it really holds up I saw it like a couple months ago it has uh, aliens in it that cry did you just say
0: Mission to Mars really holds up
1: well as in I didn't like this when I saw it and then I saw it two months ago and went this is like exactly as disappointed as I felt 20 years ago when would the next thing come out Two thousand one. No, you said Mission to mission Mars. Mission to Mars. I just like saying the words. Because there was that Disney ride. They, they got rid of it, huh? <laughs> Remember that thing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yet still, it's a little bit under Interstellar.
1: Gravity and 2001 are both. Everything's better. Fucking Sunshine's better. Um,
0: I don't even see why people think this looks good. 73! I, I, I don't think it's particularly... I don't think
1: any no. feature. in. It's a different cinematographer too, from his usual guy from the Dark Knight. Oh, guy. is
0: it? I didn't. I forgot to look. He's up. New,
1: yeah. Oh, it's a man. different, different guy, but it's got that Nolan thing. It's yeah. like you said. It's like the same shit, but folding worlds, Michael Caine crying.
0: Uh, the it, the real nail in the coffin to me was that time thing because the one thing that I was hanging my hat on was, oh my gosh, this that that idea of if they go down to this world, they have to trade off. Uh, an hour for seven yeah. years. And and his motivation is to get back to his kids. And he's going to lose seven years every hour they're there. And I loved that. And then when I went and watched Inception again this week, uh, I just saw that it's the same idea. It's like, okay, when I'm in this level of the dream world, it's this amount of time. He's just recycled the same. My favorite idea in Interstellar was already
1: in Inception. Well, I'm an Inception detractor, but in Inception I kind of liked that too because it was – he was making up those rules, so we had to, like, pay attention to him and, like, okay, yeah, and then he kind of stuck to it. But in this, it's like, okay, seven minutes is uh, 30 years, so whatever you do, don't trip in the water. And then right away, like, what's their plan? That's, like, shitty fucking – This there's a lot hanging on this. And they just kind of half-ass it.
0: I don't really. Understand There's a tidal wave coming.
1: robot design, either. Not no, that character's than, terrible. A monolith quote, I don't
0: understand.
1: It's not cool looking. It's completely impractical. It makes no sense that they would have that. I know they're they're writing text school textbooks about moon landings being fake, but they have a CG robot that has no appendages, and it's a marine, by the way. How does that that thing is a what? It's a combat mech. But that's how How does it like
0: fight It like a flywheel When it needs to rest Yeah and, on, and it never fights it's anybody ocean.
1: It's but an amphibian It just
0: moves like this weird Sort of Like a uh, bers- berserker
1: Kind of creature I don't know And then at the end When he's in the bookcase The robot's helping him But you don't see it
0: Yeah, yeah. where the hell Is the
1: robot uh, It's just here It's voice
0: Don't yeah. worry He's still there
1: Yeah He didn't make it to Saturn I guess
0: all right, my over, I would go obviously with uh, with the movie Moon. Um, oh, good okay. uh, again today uh, because I love the 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 fact that um, the care it's the character is so much more interesting to uh-huh. me, and what he is going through on a human level is so much more interesting to me than what Cooper is in this movie is supposed to be going through because Sam in uh, in Moon. I mean, it's just such a poignant story because you feel his pain. Exactly, he's lost his family too, but it's not him losing his family. Moon. I mean, geez, I cannot recommend that movie highly enough. So that that whole idea of of the time that he has lost and his life that he is losing. I mean, you, one of the things I forgot about Moon is that there's this moment early on where 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 Sam says, "You know, three years is way too long. It's way too long." Um, Cause that's the contract he signed is for three years Uh and he's lost three years of his life. Essentially he's bargained away three years of his life. Um, and that I just remember how poignant that was for me and watching it again it really was too. And, and 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 Moon carries that through for the entire movie. And so for the under I would choose the movie uh, Event Horizon, which I absolutely <laughs> love.
1: <laughs> Event Horizon is one of those movies where the first ten minutes are like are really like, Oh, this is gonna be the best movie ever and then with the next ten minutes you're like, Wait, now my own ideas are better than the movie's <laughs> ideas. And I wasn't even it's thinking exactly about it.
0: All, all I could think it turns into flat lighters <laughs> yeah, It really does It turns into flat lighters yeah. Very good And also like The only weapons we have In this super advanced space place Is uh, gynecological instruments Or something What's going on here uh,
1: Wait in which movie?
0: In Event Horizon oh, I mean, They yeah, don't have any yeah. guns or anything They just have like a bunch of weird looking Stainless steel knives.
1: I always felt really jacked to that movie That you don't get to see The other dimension like you only.
0: Yeah. It seems like a ripoff. And, and I think, and I haven't seen Event Horizon probably since it's <laughs> a
1: theater, but don't they do that same sort of like it, it's paper just, wormhole thing? Uh, fold space and all that? You mean? You know that,
0: that wormhole explanation? Isn't it? Yeah. That that in event Horizon? Or is that I don't know. It, it's like, like really that movie.
1: Paper and, like stick a pen through it. Isn't that an Event Horizon? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's a bunch of movies. They always. They always describe that like we've never heard it before. Like, oh, you're so... <laughs> well, you're so... One of the
0: great things that I'm going just tell
1: her. Yeah. yeah, it's scientists talking to each other. They would go, all right, here's a piece of paper. <laughs> Come here, PhD. See this? If you fold it... What? Oh, I didn't know paperwork like that. What? Einstein slow down. Jesus.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm just a moviegoer. Wait, you put the pencil through the thing? They also... It's like, that's not an explanation. That's just like... Okay, if you put a pen through a piece of paper, it does this. They don't go. Here's how we're doing. Here's how we're folding space. We're taking these quantum equations, and then we're we're moving the star systems it around. Also,
0: it also happens here because of wizards. Basically, it's like we're not going to explain all anything wizards. about this. It's just like some magical creature, whether it be aliens or the future us, has folded space. To them. them.
1: Yeah, they know it's a them. A plural.
0: Yeah. And even after they even after he has his big revelation, it's not them; it's us. They uh, keep referencing them as if, you know. How terrible. does he
1: know that? Oh, God, know he that. just announces it arbitrarily at the end, like, "Oh, wait a minute! Now I get it. It's us." Wait, you? How do you? You're in a bookcase now, and suddenly you figured that out. Who did these horrible things to our city? Oh, it was me. Right.
0: <sighs> All right, moving on. Yeah, uh, I don't
1: want to talk uh, about.
0: Done talking about Interstellar. I think you are too. Mm-hmm. Um, now I want to move on to our mini Palooza, mini Penny uh, mini Movie Club. Um, uh, I forget what you called it. Oh, um, I'm the, guessing if I had to the guess quarter that you Kelly Wan did not get a chance to see a face in the crowd.
1: Okay, here's what happened. <laughs> I saw the wrong movie. I thought <laughs> I watched His Girl Friday, which you referenced last week, and for some reason I th- I thought was the movie we were supposed to watch right so I fucked up that's okay what did you think of his Girl Friday I go hey it's like switching channels but without the jokes Uh, that Burt Reynolds movie with Christopher Reeve and Kathleen Turner
0: oh I know what you're talking
1: about but remember and there's like but he hides in a Xerox machine in that movie instead of the roll top desk
0: I've never seen the movie I just know what
1: you're talking about wait what how did I see a movie that you didn't even see by accident
0: Instead of the movie uh, no, I was supposed no, I'm to not watch I've seen switching channels, I've seen oh. it many times Yeah.
1: Wait, so should I still I'm sorry <laughs> How'd you know I didn't see it? Because uh, I, I, I,
0: I just had the sense That that was what was going to happen I actually I, I've been looking forward to seeing a face the Crowd for many years So I went ahead, every now and then when we do this I would just go ahead and order the movie uh, And it was like seven bucks or something From Amazon um, And man, it is so good it's such a good. Movie. I'll watch it tonight. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It, it, no, it, it's it's just um, Andy Griffith is amazing in it, and Patricia Neal, of course. But I, you know, I don't know Andy Griffith other than from Mayberry, um, and he's really good. And the movie, while very long, um, and the reason we picked, or I picked, a face in the crowd last week. Um, was uh, after seeing Nightcrawler, and Nightcrawler made me think of like a, a character who's sort of catapulted into um, not not necessarily fame, but he's on his way to fame, um, but certainly success based on um, how he devours uh, media and his career in media. Um, and facing the crowd is very much very much that story, uh, a, a character who. Uh, takes advantage of the media and how it can use him, but it's it's way ahead of its time. Right. Um, and w- what's amazing about it for me is that we, you know, we just, you know, we just had an, an uh, a voting a voting uh, thing that we just did on November fourth. Uh, we just had an election cycle. Um, we did, and so yeah, we did. I'm sure you went to vote on November fourth. Um, I think that's the day I lost. It might have been.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> place to but, date. You know, I just placed a I my
0: kid to vote. It, you know, you, we voted what? He voted? Country.
1: How old is he? Yeah. I thought he was too young for but Avengers, he did, but he's, he's voting. Not,
0: but, but I always take him. Whenever I go to the polls, I take my son. Um, so that he so, And we read through the sample ballots. Um, we make decisions. like We talk about what the choices are. I have him fill out the sample ballot with me, and then we go into the to the polls together because I just want him to see that as a routine thing that you do in life. That as as a citizen of this country, one of your duties is to go in and vote, and I want him to see that as something that's that's interesting and exciting, but also just your duty. That's what you do every time I vote. Uh, every every voting cycle, I take him to that. So we just did that. Um,
1: I don't have kids, well, so I don't vote.
0: But well, you don't have to. Kitchen oh. you're you're right?
1: Not a part. Uh, yeah, I read.
0: So we just did that, um, but going through sort of the that whole system uh, and that whole cycle this time, I, I'm keenly aware of all the things that people have been saying in campaign slogans, um, and some of the things <laughs> that I just think are are like newer like newer developments, like oh, big government or whatever. Um, there's so many things in a face in the crowd that are surprising to me, and, and I guess I'm just naive in this way, because the, the these ideas that were in this movie, A uh, Face in the Crowd, which, um, geez, now I can't even remember what year it was. 53, you said,
1: I thought. Yeah,
0: I might have said that. Um, are just recycle. <laughs> are are
1: I remember are, that the, now.
0: We're, we're recycling the same things, the same exact things. Um, the, the candidates now are doing are saying the same things. And, and this movie, I did not expect this. I did not. I just did not expect it to feel so prescient, or um, so cutting edge for such an old movie. Um, it's just. It's directed by Ilya Kazan, and it's just beautifully filmed. Uh, there's a couple of and, and um. Uh, God, what's his name? What's his name? The guy from. Uh, fail safe. I can't remember his name. Uh, Walter Matthau is in it too. He has he plays a small
1: part, but he's <laughs> the guy from Fail really Walter Matthau. Yeah, well, I, I just think of him as the guy from the um, Walter Matthau. I think it was Bad News Bears guy. But go on, listen. Yeah,
0: uh, he's so good in it, just, and and it's just so beautifully filmed. Man, it is it is a gorgeous movie. Um, Fuck, uh, yeah, I'm so I'm so excited that I saw this movie.
1: Don't worry about it. We've no. we've got
0: three listeners who uh,
1: who wrote in about it. They're all uh, which is which is three more than I thought would. Three more that listened to the that watch the right movie this week, do a podcast about it. Go on. All
0: right. So first we have uh, Dave Perkins who wrote in. Uh, he says, "Hey guys, men have faces and wanted men like crowds. So I watched a most wanted man this week for movie club." thanks for the recommendation you have never failed me since wrong cops part you Dave what so so one of the people who uh, watched uh, Face in the crowd actually watched uh, Most Wanted Man which is one of the last movies I think we did with Tom which is Philip Zimmer Hoffman's last movie besides mocking Jay or
1: whatever else he's in he's in the. he's in that one
0: <laughs> yes. uh, next we have Paul Weimer. Uh, Facing the Crowd was a movie that gave me severe cognitive dissonance when I first saw it, and it still does. To see Andy Griffith firmly stuck in my mind as Matlock and Sheriff Andy, <laughs> and many other protagonist kindly roles, take the part of lonesome, really mess with my brain. I wonder after this role, very early in his career, if Griffith, Griffith decided he wanted to firmly play protagonists henceforth. He really sinks into and soaks up the fetid depths of the character... Face in the crowd, if anything, feels strangely and uncomfortably prophetic in how media and politics become and have become incestuously intertwined. Best Ugh. regards, Paul Weimer.
1: That's such a yeah. thoughtful,
0: eloquent. It's, yeah, that's beautifully put, and uh, the way he plays the part—it's—it's it's so alternately uh, grating and um, attractive. It's beautifully done, Weimer. It's, Yes, Weimer. Talking about Weimer.
1: When I think of Annie Griffith, I think of him as the guy from Spy Hard, in which he was also a villain. So, you should be aware <laughs> Wow! Right. How's that for a poll?
0: Uh, what you just made me think of is Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> um, because I remember some actress that he worked with in a documentary talking about him, and just being so upset with the fact that he ended up just being this guy who was a
1: joke. Uh, it was really what? good. It was like, like the airplane roles. But he had a shitload of money doing it. And he was so f- oh, great in yeah. uh, it's her, like Her contention
0: was that he was, when she knew him early in his career, he was awesome as just a straight out, as just doing straight out movie roles. He was really good. And she felt that, uh, that doing things like Airplane robs us as a
1: society of him being able to do more of that kind of thing. That's how I feel about Alec Guinness. I think he got, he made all the decades of movies, and then it's like, I think someone told him, like, hey, you're going to be remembered as the Star Wars guy, and he was just like, what? Really? Fuck. That's a direct quote. I think it was Letterman. What were you going to say?
0: I was going to said to Chris Markinson. Um, who says, Hey, Minnie Penny Movie Club of Palooza. This oh. is your, your title for the He knew. Movie. Of course he does. Uh, he is our, uh, our resident archivist for the Quarter Three Movie podcast. Um, for a grandpa movie, A Face in the Crowd still has a lot of relevance in its portrayal of the powerful influence that mass media can have on the general populace and how that power can be used to manipulate that populace to champion certain ideas of people. TV doesn't pull in 50-plus ratings numbers anymore. Oh, that's right. I remember the number... uh, Sorry, this is me parenthetically. The numbers that they throw around in this movie are hilarious when we think about the number of television shows and um, cable channels we have now. Uh, Anyway, back to Chris. Um, But the Internet certainly does, and stupid comments made by people in public are punished just as harshly as Lonesome Rhodes was for his poorly chosen words. I know that this movie is a product of its time, but it was hard not to cringe at the portrayal of race a few times in the movie. Very good, Chris. And the scene where everyone laughs as Lonesome Rhodes chases two screaming women out of the office due to the power of Vitajax. I'm also assuming it was the director's vision to make Andy Griffith look like a leering sex offender when he was watching the drum majorettes perform. (laughs) We've all been there. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Chris says, there's a part in the movie where Patricia Neal has just had it with Lonesome Roads after he has married Lee Remick, and she's alone in the hotel room, and she lets out this cry of pain like her soul has been torn apart. Yes, I'm watching this and feel terrible for saying this, but all I could think of was that she sounded like a wounded Wookie. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, Chris. Uh, thanks for letting me ramble, guys. Chris, thank, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, when she lets out that wail, it is unbelievably painful. I did not think of a Wookie, but fair enough that you did. That's his rebuttal by Alganus. <laughs> yeah.
1: All
0: right. So Kelly, one is there a movie that we can watch this coming week um, that Interstellar might have inspired you that we could watch for the mini mini penny movie club of Palooza? <laughs> Um, that we can talk about at the end of the podcast next week.
1: Yeah, we should watch Dark Star.
0: Ah, very good. All right. Cool. <laughs> Have you seen it? I, I can't
1: I, remember. I think...
0: Um, I will talk about that next week. Okay.
1: All
0: right. Uh, I yeah. Okay. You sound excited. Yeah, I'm very excited uh, because I wanted to talk about it a little bit this week, but I just never got around to it. So I'll be happy to watch Dark Star again this week. Dark Star. Plus, Dark Star lasts like, I don't know, like 43 minutes or something. It's
1: super super short.
0: It's pretty scary.
1: It's got uh, some scary stuff on it. For next
0: week, we're going to see Dark Star as our mini movie club. Uh, And for our actual um, (laughs) quarter to three movie podcast movie. We are going to see the movie Foxcatcher <clears throat> I have no idea what it is I have no idea what it's about I just know for a long time I've wanted to see it I think it was directed by Bennett Miller I'm not sure um, But I'm very very excited to see it So uh, Kelly Wan and I will go and see uh, Foxcatcher And um, you and uh, and I will talk about that And then everybody will come And
1: hopefully listen to us talk about it In theory, huh? Yeah, in theory. Yeah. You know, it was, is Foxcatcher playing? Like, will the listeners. I don't know. Like, that's, that's why you gone. had the mini penny movie Club of Palooza, like, are we. Is no one going to listen? <laughs>
0: well, they might not. Uh, uh, but,
1: just curious. Uh,
0: what what I'll do is I'll be better about posting on the front page of Quarter to Three, quarter3.com. Um, Tom puts up the podcast on uh, Monday mornings. Um, I'll post one of the first comments that you'll see is me posting when the what time in the podcast the uh, we do the mini movie club so that you can just jump right to hearing us talk uh, prattle on about a face in the crowd or Dark Star which easy, which are easily available to you um, and then what I know a lot of listeners do is they cache thing they cache these things for a long time until they get to see the movie. Um, that's one of the pleasures, right. and I do that with other podcasts as well. Uh, if I haven't seen the movie or whatever they're talking about, I will put that away, and I can't wait to get to it once I actually see the movie. So people will do that because I, I think a lot of people won't get to see Fox Sketcher, but I think it'll be something that they look forward to seeing. In a year, they'll go, oh yeah, yeah. They might do that. They go, oh yeah, but, that's how they talk. Uh, but they'll jump to the whatever minute mark to listen to us prattle on about uh, John. Is it John Carpenter? The one minute mark. The whatever minute mark to hear us talk about Dark Star.
1: It's one minute. The first level,
0: and hopefully they'll (laughs) hopefully they'll write in. If you write in, uh, if you get to see Dark Star, or if you have and you want to say something, anything you want to say, just jump in. Yes. Write us at three x three, three by three, three x three x three at quarter to three. Spell it out. Three x three at quarter to three dot com. Just send us anything about this or you know if you have ideas for uh, an IMDb Opsys or whatever you can write us at that address you can also uh, you can also message us at um, if you go to Twitter that's uh, at quarter to three Qt3 um, is on Twitter that's Tom Chick's uh, Twitter account and if you send stuff to us we'll get it there and you should follow us there and you should also like the quarter to three page on Facebook. Um, and if you do all of those things, you can get messages to us. You can send Kelly your ideas and tell him what an awesome duty is.
1: Um,
0: Kelly, What's... is there any way anybody can follow you on Twitter or anything else?
1: I don't have Facebook. I don't like that thing. I think I have a Twitter, but I haven't gotten. I haven't actually twitted anything yet.
0: All right, well, sooner or later you're going to do that, and people will start tweeting you because I know that uh, that at least. Two or three times a week, people say, uh, they, they tweet me. My, my account is at dingus underscore X. Um, they tweet me uh, something to me, something to Quarter Three, and they, and they reference your name. Uh, and it's the only thing that's not highlighted because they don't have the actual account for you. So I know people want to communicate with you. I'm just
1: letting you know that. What? So send us, send us, yeah, people want to talk to you. Use the, the bookcase them. on the watch on the bookshelf. If yeah, you want to communicate? Some <laughs> that's the easiest. Word.
0: Use gravity to send him some. Binaries. Get your
1: nine-year-old <laughs> to turn eighty. <laughs> that must have been a weird year for him. All right, what were you saying? Yeah, I'll be on Twitter. Is there a third thing? Face what? Friendster. I'm on that. Yeah. still
0: and, and just let us know uh, what uh, what your band's page is on MySpace,
1: Kelly. MySpace. That's one I couldn't remember. Isn't it... all right. So, good. Just like Facebook was the exact same shit as those other two and it was like the same color scheme but like that's the one that Sorkin... I right, know. exactly. You know what I'm saying? Well, it seems to have stuck around. I don't
0: know whether the social network helped that. I remember. What? <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, uh, uh, this has been the Quarter 3 Movie Podcast. Um, I have been Christian Morosky. I have been joined by the inimitable... Kelly Wand, and we will see you next week for the Fox Catcher Podcast.
1: Right on, right on, right on. Huh. Dingus. <laughs> that was my Damon, by the way. You didn't get through a whole uh, podcast without that. Oh, well. Right. Oh. la, 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 la. impression world behind, but when they cut me open... <sighs> Dingus, you can't say Interstellar or Nolan without saying La
0: I guess that answers the if I ask you to drive off a cliff scenario <laughs>